the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm pleased to have one of our favorite guests, uh, Pastor Tim Thompson of the 412 Church in Murrieta. I think he has, I don't know, three, four, five, six services every Sunday, and uh he was one of the relatively few pastors that kept his church open during the uh, COVID supposed lockdowns and uh, did not forsake the gathering as the, uh, as the Bible recommends us. And the uh, kind of immediate reason for inviting Pastor Tim on the show was he and other pastors and other Christians and other just decent thinking people went up to Sacramento a uh, week before last to oppose an insidiously evil bill. AB 2223 that uh, will literally allow uh, babies to be killed up to four weeks after they're born. So with that intro, uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, Greg, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. You're also one of our great speakers at the uh, Unite IE Conservative Summit we had back on April 10. And uh, we always give our, our guests that were there a chance to tell us just how great the conference was. Yeah, you know what? It was such a, a good time, and the guests were awesome. Everybody really was having a lot of fun, and you know, great, great speakers. I mean, Larry, Larry Elder was there, Charlie Kirk. I mean, what, what a fun build day, you know? Before we get to AB two 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 three, one, we didn't ask them to do it, but it was interesting how much all of the speakers focused on culture war. As opposed right. to in previous years, there was more politics and and political issues, uh, immigration or taxes or what have you. But it was it was the more fundamental questions of of the underlying culture, as, as Andrew Breitbart observed and and warned us. Culture is upstream of politics, and up to now, um, we've been getting our you know what's kicked in the, in the culture war. We have. We really, truly have. And that's largely because the churches have disengaged. And you're one of the few that, that, that does engage uh, in the culture war and helping your uh, parishioners uh, bring their biblical values, what they learn on Sunday, to their roles as citizens. Right. Yeah. You know, the thing is, the left knows you said we're getting our, our behinds kicked. You're absolutely correct, because they know they know something about churches. They know something about Christians and especially Christian pastors is, um, you know, we're, we're in a time right now where nobody wants to offend anybody, even though the Bible says that it itself, the word of God is an offense to those who are perishing. But nobody wants to offend anybody with the truth. And so uh, all the left has to do is call a pastor or a Christian, a, a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, a misogynist, all these words that they love to use. And then suddenly Christians back up and go, well, I don't want to be seen as hateful, so I just won't say anything. And when we say nothing, when we when we have the truth and we don't bring the truth, we end up losing because uh, because we, we find that when a, a culture is devoid of truth and truth becomes relative, you know, there there is no truth at that point. Right. Um, we're going to get to this later, but may, may, may not be now is opportune time. Is Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the famous Soviet dissident, uh, wrote an article back in 1974, live not by lies. Just don't, no matter what the cost, don't participate in, don't repeat, don't say the lie. And more recently, there's a book uh, uh, by Rod Dreher, who uh, more focused on, by the same title, Live Not By Lies, a Manual for Christian Dissidents. And he observes that the same kind of totalitarian tendencies of communism are now taking root here, where you, just, you cannot challenge the ruling ideology. And 
he w- both observes how this trend is happening, as, and including for Christians, and then how Christians should resist this. And there's a, there can be a high cost. Uh, you can get fired. You can get canceled. Your business can be boycotted, and you can be driven out of business. Um, Right. Even even as a, as a church, you know, maybe your your lease doesn't get renewed, or you lose your your you'll be censored on the, on the internet. Our our pastor, we we uh, services is broadcast live on over the internet and on YouTube, and tends to what he's saying. Them, so they're monitoring. They'll they'll lose the signal mid sermon if right. uh, if somebody so if somebody at YouTube doesn't like what he's saying. Right. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely correct, Greg, when you say we we have to tell the truth. We have to live not by lies. You know, I had uh, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee on my on my program, and we were talking about uh, how he got kicked off of Twitter. I'm sure you you've seen he had Elon Musk on his show, and um, they they were talking about the the fact that there is censorship going on, and Twitter had kicked the Babylon Bee off. Now. You know, the, I don't know if your audience has ever heard of them. I'm sure they have. The Babylon Bee is just satire, and they appeal to the Christian conservative audience, but it's satire. And Twitter kicked them off for satire. And you know, essentially, what Twitter wanted them to do was sign a sign a document saying, "Hey, we we understand that that what we said was hate speech and." You know, we acknowledge that men can be women and women can be men. And and he says, you know what? We're just not going to do it. And it meant that they're in Twitter jail. And I I commended him. I said, that's what you got to do. You got you don't give in. You don't you don't speak the lie. If they kick you off, they kick you off. But you don't go and capitulate and buy into the lie. That's the worst thing we can do. Let's um, we have a clip. A guy named Matt Walsh is a commentator, and he's he's addressing the the same subject. We're supposed to abandon all at once the fundamental truths that all of us know and have always known. And we're supposed to do it for no other reason than it will hurt people's feelings if we don't. It'll hurt Leah Thomas's feelings. Of course, his feelings are the only feelings that matter, right, when it comes to the swimming issue. His feelings and the feelings of other trans people, I mean, those feelings, for some reason, are supposed to outweigh the feelings of women who don't want their sports destroyed and their privacy invaded, and their very identities appropriated and stolen and cheapened and fetishized and turned into a Halloween costume. The feelings of a million women are dust when stacked up against the feelings of one gender-confused man. All of reality is dust. Biology, science, truth, all of it is supposed to be thrown out the, the window because of one trans person's feelings. Well, I say to that, no. That's what I say. And I urge everyone in this room to say no to this. Don't affirm what you know are lies. Everyone knows it's a lie. Don't cooperate with what you know is wrong. Don't abandon what you know is true. Don't pretend to believe what you don't believe. So it takes a lot of courage in this world, I think, to say no. It's a word that's not said nearly enough. A guy like Leah Thomas has never heard it in his life. Ever. No one's ever told him no. No one's ever sat him down and said, dude, no, this is not happening. But he needs to hear it now. All the gender ideologues need to hear it now. All of the liars and frauds trying to push and coerce and shame us into surrendering our common sense. All the cry bullies using emotional blackmail because they have no arguments. Everyone demanding that we pretend to believe what we don't believe. All of them everywhere need to hear it. No. Ten years ago, you wouldn't have the idea that Oh, men can be women. Women can be men. Men get to compete in the women's sports events. Um, you can use whatever shower or or bathroom you feel like using today. It would have been inconceivable. I wouldn't. You wouldn't even have thought of something so nutty and, and such evil. But here it is, mainstream, and you can get kicked out of school. You can get uh, you can get censored. You can get fired from your job if you don't mouth that lie. Right. And you know what what your listeners need to know is there's this rule being played out right now. It's it's called the law of incrementalism. And we've seen this. We saw this. What was it? Seven or eight years ago, Target came out with the the transgender bathrooms at Target and everybody was all upset. And they they said what they were going to say. And some people boycotted Target. And then next thing you know, people just kind of forgot about it. 
and they let it go. And while it's just a store, at least it's not happening in our school campuses. Next thing you know, they want it happening on school campuses. They just they take a little bit at a time. It's like how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time, right? And this is what the radical left has been doing, just one little piece at a time. And people people forget that we need to stand for truth at every turn. If we don't, we're going to lose. And we are losing because people have not stood up to this. And, you know, I, I like what, what he said. You know, it takes, cult, it takes courage to stand up to this. Um, but isn't it weird, Greg, that we're living in a time where it takes courage to tell a man that he's not a woman? How, how is it that we've come to that point? It should be a no-brainer. And, you know, they could say, well, if you, don't, if you don't affirm him, you're not loving. You know, I, I think that it's a very unloving act to tell a man who thinks he's a woman that he's a woman. I, I think that's the least loving thing you can do to him. It's a man who clearly needs some help. Clearly something traumatic has happened to him, and we have to be, you know, we have to be empathetic towards that. But, you know, you look at a person with anorexia, if they look at themselves and perceive somebody who's overweight, you don't affirm that they're overweight and and let them continue to starve themselves. You you get them a cheeseburger and some French fries and a milkshake and say, hey, listen, I, I know that you, you this is what you perceive, but it's not reality. That's the loving thing to do. You don't let them waste away to nothing. So so how is this any different? This is a person who perceives something to be one way when in reality it's not and we're just going to affirm that that's unloving it's not fair to that person we need to get that person help but we don't affirm the lie yeah you don't take the anorexic uh, person to uh weight watchers right yeah that's unloving i think we could all agree that's unloving and that's why i don't understand how is that any different from the transgender movement you know you look at the 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 fact is they're perceiving reality in a different way that's not reality. So that person needs help. The right. loving thing to do is get them help. Absolutely. I mean, if they really believe it. Now, does, does I don't know what the guy's real name is. If Leah, does, really, does Leah Thomas really believe he's a woman, or is he just exploiting the situation because he's, he's a mediocre male swimmer, but now he's a, but he's a championship female swimmer? And it's not just the not the means of the trophy, but sometimes you can you can get scholarships. So there may be real economic benefit to being the champion female instead of a mediocre male. Yeah, you make a good point, Greg, because there there's no doubt there's people that are exploiting this right now. And we have to we have to also understand there's truly people that do have this dysphoria. But uh, I can tell you this is I look at what's going on in the breakdown of the family. This is one of those things that that children are using to rebel against parents. And it's something that you can't take away. You know, if you, you could take away a kid's phone, you can keep them away from drugs if you just isolate them, but you can't tell them that they can't be transgender because they, this is just a way that they can rebel and a parent really can't do much about it. So I think there's a lot of people using this as a, a tool of rebellion against parents, against family, against society. And um, yeah, there's definitely people exploiting it. Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor. He always likes to have his commercial play during the show. Uh, Ed Hoffman of Planet Home Lending, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I am pleased to be joined by Pastor Tim Thompson, uh, who uh, 
not only is his, are his church services popular, but his uh, he has an R Watch webinar every Wednesday night, uh, where he brings on guests uh, more into the uh, into the political and cultural realm, and encourages his parishioners to. Uh, bring their biblical values into their roles as citizens. If we had uh, more pastors like Pastor Tim, we'd have a much better chance of saving the country. We started off, we, were gonna t- we are going to talk about a heinously evil bill, AB 223, during the show, but we got off into what, telling the truth and live not by lies. And one of the lies now is that uh, men can be women, women can become men. Uh, The the, uh, swimmer goes by the name Leah Thomas, a mediocre male swimmer, uh, is now a championship uh, female swimmer. But another aspect of this is what they're doing to the children, who are already, I mean, who, are, who can be more easily confused. And they confuse them now even as early. I just read an article this week that in Skokie, Illinois, as early as pre-K in three years old, they're feeding them this stuff like you can choose whatever gender you want to. And, of course, at that age, children are easily misled. They are easily confused. And as they get, as they get older, they uh, will, will start giving them puberty-blocking drugs and then and cross-sex hormone drugs, which can, just the drugs alone, can permanently sterilize the children. And then uh, ultimately leading to a surgery and hacking off and mutilating themselves and cutting off the respective uh, 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 genitals or breasts on women. And it's, you know, when a child can't get a tattoo, some places even without, even with even, even with right. parental consent, yeah. you can't get a tattoo. Oh, but you want you want to cut off your penis? Oh, okay. Right. And, and the thing is, it's it's happening all around us. And many times parents are even unaware, you know, and that that's what what parents, grandparents need to be be very well aware of, of is this agenda for our children. And this is happening on public school campuses across California uh, and even across the nation. But California is definitely spearheading this to put what they're calling wellness centers on school campuses where kids can get the transgender therapy without parents knowledge or consent. Uh, children's Hospital is one of the the leaders in this and they've been doing these types of uh experiments on children for several years now and children's hospitals trying to put wellness centers on campuses across our state yeah in california they can take your child for these uh, the school the government-run schools can take your children for the transgender treatments or an abortion without uh without telling you and uh, the insurance companies can't Keep have to keep that information. Your medical insurance company has to keep that information from the parents, um, right? So, you, I mean, it's kind of my it's my view is that you, you just need to get your children out of the government run schools. And yeah, I know that you're one of the, you're you're working on you have a pack, i.e., family pack, and you're trying to elect uh, pro family um, school board members in your area. And uh, that's uh, it's a great cause, but I question whether even if you get your school board members elected, the teachers are still going to be there. They're protected. They're heavily protected. It's almost impossible to fire a uh, a teacher absent very serious misconduct. And these Marxist transgender oriented teachers are going to still keep doing what they're doing. They're going to keep still keep sex grooming the children, maybe a little bit more subtly, but it's embedded. It's embedded in the math. It's embedded in the science. It's embedded in the English. It's not just an isolated bit of the curriculum. You go, okay, we're just going to take this sex ed stuff and we're taking that out. It's everywhere in the curriculum. Oh, yeah, it's infused in everything, not not just curriculum, but even uh, extracurricular things, you know, school um, assemblies and everything. It's it's in everything. Why do you think we, we just we finished and we were unsuccessful in getting the Educational Freedom Act, which would have been school choice here in California. Every child can get their share of the state education spending in a educational savings account and the parents can then use it at any accredited school. And you don't use all the money, you save it for college. We thought, well, we didn't have a lot of money and we're depending on volunteers. We thought that the pastors of the state, at least a lot of them will look at this and go, oh, you mean I can further the mission of, give, of giving children a Christian-based education and a better academic education as well with a church school. And every one of these children is going to have an educational savings account starting at $14,000. I am all in.
and I, I know you worked him, but by, for the, you were the rare exception. Almost all of the churches, almost all of the pastors in the state took a pass on this, if, if not just actively hostile. The Catholic Church, the diocese, was actively hostile towards school choice. And why the heck, why the heck was that? Why, what, where was our thinking wrong in figuring the pastors would like this idea? Well, uh, the the thinking should should have worked right. The problem is the pastors, by and large, pastors say, well, we're not going to get political. And what they fail to realize is the radical left is going to politicize every biblical moral issue if they know you're not going to get political. So that's what they've done. They politicize race, gender, sexuality, borders, life, marriage. They've they've politicized everything. And now the pastors are basically rendered useless. You know, if, if you can't talk about these issues and engage in these issues, then what do you engage in? What, you know, what, what are you talking about? And at this point, that's the question people have to ask is, you know, what, what are we doing? You know, you look at uh, what Martin Luther King Jr. said decades ago. He says if the church doesn't recapture their prophetic zeal, um, if they don't remember that the the church is to be the conscience of the state, we're not the tool of the state. If we don't remember these things and start to engage, what Martin Luther King Jr. said is that the church will become nothing more than an irrelevant social club. And that that's a pretty good label that you can put on a lot of churches now because they're not engaged in the things that really truly matter. And when we and we see this precipitous decline in 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 in, in belief in God, in regular church attendance, particularly uh among younger people who are getting um counter-indoctrinated in the in the government-run schools and universities. You know, you as a as a pastor, maybe you got the children for an hour or two on Sunday. Um, maybe there's some youth activities at the church, but the the government-run never mind the culture. The government-run schools has them six to eight hours a day, five days a week. Right. Yeah. When you look at at how much control and how much influence the government-run schools have over our children, it it's astounding. You know, you think about you know, our young ones, they're sleeping, you know, 10 hours a day. They're at school eight hours a day. They're in soccer practice or or doing whatever they're doing. The amount of hours they spend on their, their you know, electronic devices. Then you, you look at how much time the church and how much time the parents actually have to influence their kids. It's minuscule. It's minuscule. And par- parents need to recognize that. And, and you know, I agree with you. If, if a parent can pull their kid out of the government-ran school, it's the best thing they can do for their child. And, uh, you know, as a grandparent, the best thing you can do for your country and for your grandchildren is to help, whether it's helping with the homeschooling, helping financially with getting them into a good private school, whatever it is, getting the transportation, uh, whatever it is, as a grandparent, uh, you can be, you know, that's, I think that's the greatest service you can render your grandchildren and your country. Right. You know, um, uh, former California state Senator Mike Morrell, he, he said one time, and, I, and I've been carrying on with this since he told me, he says, you know, uh, Pastor Tim, the, the Proverbs tell us that uh, a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And he said, Pastor Tim is so much more than leaving money for your children's children. It's leaving an America for your children's children. And I couldn't agree with him more. And that's also that's also part of it is that uh, any nation has to to survive any any civilization to survive has to pass on the culture traditions and the history of that nation and civilization to the next to succeeding generations, and with the idea that this is we have something good going here something worth continuing not may not be perfect and certainly no his no no human is perfect no nation is perfect but. What we had here in America, what we have here in America is, was a quantum leap above what had ever proceeded in human history in terms of freedom, opportunity, and self-government, and they're actively undermining that, and we're almost out of time for this half. So if you want to take a quick response to that, and then we'll come back, and we are going to get into AB 2223. Yeah, we definitely uh, we definitely have to pass on all that is good and all the opportunities we had and learn from the bad, no doubt. But there was a whole lot of good, and we can't ever forget that. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, Psalm thirty three twelve. Stay tuned, and we uh, will continue with Pastor Tim Thompson after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC, and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM five ninety The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months. But so have home values. 
So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just need extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I am uh, uh, joined by Pastor Tim Thompson of the 412 Church in Marietta. And uh, his, uh, because, he stick, because he preaches what's in the Bible and not what is, not what is popular, he's one of, the, uh, one of the churches who's growing in membership and popularity, whereas many of the traditional churches that are more into the uh, world, the world, the culture of the day, and uh, liberal and left-wing politics are in decline. Uh, we've been meaning to get to uh, the primary reason I asked him on the show today, which is a bill AB2223, and we are going to get to that now to make sure we, we do get to it. Under this bill, and I'm going to read the operative section, notwithstanding any other law, a person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights under this article based on their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or perinatal death due to, they added the words, due to a pregnancy-related cause. Now, the word perinatal according to the American Heritage Dictionary, means of, relating to, or being the period around childbirth, especially the five months before and one month after birth. So what this would do is legalize perinatal death, death up to one month after a child is born, and the limitation of due to a pregnancy-related cause is so vague I have no idea what deaths of a one-month-old baby would be due to a pregnancy-related cause versus would not. How about why I killed my baby because of postpartum depression? I killed my baby because I wanted to get an abortion in the ninth month, and I couldn't, and I couldn't find someone who was willing to do it. So that's pregnancy-related. And I have no idea what that means, but this is compounded by another part of, of AB 2223 that says even investigating a death of a baby would be a violation of this statute, and the, uh, per, the subject of the investigation could sue for actual damages, a $25,000 penalty, and attorney fees, whoever is doing the investigation. So it provides a, a huge disincentive to anyone to actually investigate uh, what the, what happened with this what happened to this uh, dead one month old baby, and this has been a, this is advancing steadily. It went out of the judiciary committee and the assembly on a straight party line vote, eleven to three. Every Democrat up there was for this, and the three Republicans did vote no, and that was good. And uh, former Republican Chad Mays couldn't decide whether he th- whether killing. Babies up to one month old is a good idea or not, and he didn't vote. Uh, is, like, again, you, you can't. The Democrats have always been for 
abortion and killing unborn children up to the very moment of birth. And I understand that. And okay. But this, you talk about this incrementalism. Now, okay, now we're going to extend that to one month after the birth. Right. I, I, couldn't, it, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't have imagined this again, 10 year, even 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, the Democrats yeah. are going to come out for killing one month old, ba- making that legal to kill a one month old baby. Nah, that's just, you know, that's just a crazy tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theory. Well, here it is. Right. And, you know, my mind wanders on this because I, I, I know how humanity is and humanity can tend to abuse certain things. And, and you think about what could happen here where a man kills the child and just tells the woman, you tell them you did it and then they can't. They can't do anything. You know, there's going to be people that abuse this that I mean, it's just it's so wrong on so many levels and so disturbing that anybody would think that this is a good idea. I mean, I I wonder what goes on in their minds and how how are they going to bed at night? I if I if I ever said, yep, let's go ahead and make it legal to kill your your infant child. I don't think I'd be able to sleep at night. I, I, I feel like i'd be haunted yeah it's i i it's almost un, it's almost unimaginable it's like it's you know, how did the am i going to say it's, it's the same as herding jews into the gas chamber at auschwitz but but this perhaps on the same kind of what i mean how does someone even think that how do you how does someone think that it's okay to do that or in this case how is it okay to kill an unborn even not an unborn children a born living breathing baby and by the way it's not just the law expressly allows someone to, to under AB223 the next section says a person who aids or assists a pregnant person in exercising their rights under this article shall not be subject to civil or criminal penalty so yes yeah, so the pregnant person the the, the mother or as they say, you know, as as the, under the new woke language, the birthing person is, uh, you know, asks their, her husband, boyfriend, or someone else to kill the baby for her, and that's now would be legal under AB two two three. Yeah, it's disturbing. I, the only word I can use is disturbing. It's it's so disturbing that this is where we're at as a culture, and this is where the churches need to engage. You know. You look at them. I mean, there were some pastors that went up there on on uh, last week going up there to oppose this bill. There should have been the, the amount of people that showed up. We should have been able to bring that many pastors up there. There should be that many pastors standing against a bill like this. And those pastors should have all of their churches there. They should have all their membership there. And it, it's a sad thing when you you look around and you see 10 pastors 10 pastors in our state that that would take time to go up and say, no, we don't want you to kill our children. Yeah. Um, or even, even not even going there, but if there, if, if your local Democrat member of the legislature got 10 or 20 or 30,000 emails, calls to the office from, 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 uh, from Christians saying, don't do this. This is a heinously evil bill. Don't support it. Even Democrats. I mean, there may be some. The very, you know, the, the most committed left wing um, may still may still vote may still vote for it. But I bet you could peel off Democrats if they were getting that kind of opposition. But right thus far, they're not. No, and and you know, you, you take it even another level, Greg. The pastors, what they should be doing is saying, okay, since this person is voting for this, we need somebody to step up and run for office and get them elected in that person's spot. We need to, we need to change what's happening in Sacramento. And and the only way to change what's happening in Sacramento is change who's sitting in those seats. Absolutely. Uh, but you need to first change. I mean, you may need to first change who's in the pulpit. And right. if, uh, but yeah, for some reason, the um, pastors seem a lot more worried about offending any, any, any liberals or Democrats then they are a liberal pastor is perfect, maybe perfectly happy to perform gay marriage ceremonies. And if the traditionalists, if the people who believe what the Bible says don't like it, too bad. Right. 
you know, the thing is, like you started the program off talking about truth and, and not living in the lie, not affirming the lie. And that's what pastors need to, to understand. I mean, if you are a Christian pastor, you believe in the word of God, you know, it says that Jesus, the one that, who you claim to follow is the way he's the truth and he's the life. He's the truth. I mean, if we're going to be believers, we need to walk in truth and that that's definitely missing. And we need to see pastors start to step up take this role of shepherd seriously. A shepherd is more than just a teacher. A shepherd is a protector. And and we need to also remember we're called to be the salt and the light. And salt stings a little bit. Salt is a preservative. And Christian presence is supposed to preserve the community. Wherever Christians live, we're supposed to be making sure that truth and righteousness is what abounds in the culture. You know, none of us are going to be perfect, but we have to at least understand that the standard is perfect and that's what we should be striving for. And maybe you, um, for, the, for people, you know, if your pastor has not already made an issue of this, maybe you should talk to your pastor and say, well, what about this? Have you heard about this? What's your position on this? What should we be doing about this? And if your pastor takes a pass on it, uh, maybe you should be thinking about a different church. Right. Yeah, you know, I've talked to some of these pastors and I've asked them, so, you know, why aren't you talking about this issue of abortion? This is incredibly wicked. It's clearly against the scriptures. Why aren't you talking about this? And uh, I've been met with this same response multiple times. And the response is, I don't want to offend a woman sitting in my congregation who has may have had an abortion. I don't want to offend her. I don't want her to feel bad. And every time I've told the pastors this, listen, you don't have to worry about making that woman feel bad. She already feels bad. What she needs to hear is, yes, it's a sin, but just like every other sin, it's not a sin that can't be covered by the blood of Jesus. You've got to remind her that Jesus died for that sin. And so give her the hope that she's looking for. That's why she's coming to church. She needs hope because she already feels bad for what's gone on. And so we need to bring hope into people's lives, but continuing to to either stay silent or even affirm a lie, that's not helping the congregations. That's weakening the congregation, which weakens the family, which weakens the community, which weakens the government. I mean, it's all of these are intertwined and we have to remember that the standard is the standard. Pastors need to stand up for it and stop worrying about offending people. Well, and certainly uh, Jesus was not worried about offending people. He went around speaking the the truth. And if people didn't like it, uh, well, too bad for them. And ultimately, of course, he paid the price for offending the powers that be. But in the famous story, one of the most famous stories of his life is when he saves the woman from being stoned to death for adultery. And he tells the mob of would-be executioners that he was without sin cast the first stone. And oftentimes, retelling of the story stops right there. But of course, we, we know that he told, what he told the woman, go and sin no more. So, right. yes, we're not going to stone to death, literally or figuratively, the woman who has had the abortion we're also not going to tell her, hey, that was just fine. Keep on doing it. Let's go have an abortion pride parade. Right. You know, go and sin yeah, no I, more. I, right. I think of the woman at the well where Jesus met her and he goes, hey, go get me your husband. She goes, I don't have a husband. He goes, yep, I know that. You've had five. The man you're living with right now is not your husband. You know, some people would say, well, that's so that's so judgmental. That's so mean that you would call her out like that. And you know what happened is that woman went and told her entire community, you got to come see this man who told me everything I ever did, which tells us Jesus didn't end at. Yeah, you've you've had five. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. Jesus went on to tell her everything she ever did. And you know what? That woman's life was radically changed and she had hope in her life now and she was spreading the news about the truth and that's what we have to realize is is telling you know, withholding the truth is not helping them sharing the truth however much it may hurt at first it's really bringing that person to that hope that they're looking for and when they find that hope it's going to radically transform their lives and they won't be able to help but to share it with everybody they can come in contact with as we all know, we will all be judged by the Lord sooner or later, and um, not alerting people to that and making sure they understand that is not helping them. Right. 
Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor. We actually have uh, several sponsors in addition to myself for this second half. Uh, we have Ron Osk and the Elder Law Center. We also have the Beaumont Banning Cherry Valley Tea Party. We really appreciate all of our sponsors. And we're going to hear from Ron Osk and the Elder Law Center back after this. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands, Tea Party Patriots. Pleased to be joined by Pastor Tim Thompson of the 412 Church in Marietta. If you're in that area and looking for a church, uh, be hard-pressed to find a better alternative. He also does Wednesday night online broadcasts under the uh, name Our Watch, addressing cultural and uh, political issues. So check that out as well. There was an article written that was on Gateway a couple of weeks back by Lawrence Sellen, a retired Army colonel, a medical researcher under the, under the title, The Second American Civil War is Underway. And he concludes his article uh, as follows. The political and cultural civil war in which the United States is presently immersed will determine the future of the country in a way no less historic than the American Civil War of 1861 to 1865. And our side, the one wishing to retain our constitutional republic, is not yet fighting back in a manner that will yield victory. We urgently need to do so. Since I read this article, I've been asking my guests, okay, How do we wage the political and cultural civil war in a way that will yield victory? Do you have some ideas on that? I do. I do. Because, you know, we we watch what happened over the last couple of years, and there was a huge push, as as you know, and I know your audience knows, to to try to recall Gavin Newsom here in our state of California. And that we, we didn't succeed in that. And we, we look at where can we succeed? We want to have some wins. And that was something that I've been, been really praying about and, and really contemplating, not just over the last couple of years, but really over for me over the last decade, how do we win? And one of the things that I've come to realize is, is we have to, to fight the battles that we we know we can win. And, and if we'll put our, our time, our energy, our resources towards it, then we'll, we'll win. And I think one of the main areas that is, is going to be on our public school boards. And we, we look at what can take place if you can, if you can rally a community and get behind a message that the, that most of the community can get behind. And I know for, for me living here in the Inland Empire, um, this is a great place to raise family, Families know that families care about their own children and so appeal to the families. And, and for me, we look at three main points right now, and that is don't talk to children about sexual things. Let that be a conversation for the dinner table with the family, you know, grown men that are teachers and administrators in public school systems should not be talking to your four-year-old about his sexual preferences. That's a no-brainer. I think most families can agree with that, that just let the kids be kids. We look at judging people. Well, we want to judge people based on what? The content of their character. We don't want kids to be judged on their skin color, and we certainly don't want one group of kids to be made a group of oppressed and another group, the oppressors, and start dividing our children up. That doesn't need to take place. Most parents get that. And then third thing is parents are the parents. The state is not the parents. I know Joe Biden just said yesterday that they're all those children are all of our children and parents would most parents are going to disagree with that. They're not Joe Biden's parents. They're um, yeah, they're not Joe Biden's children. They're they're our children. You know, you you as a, a mother, you know, you gave birth to that child. That child is yours, does not belong to the government. And you're the ultimate you, the mother and the father are the ultimate authority in that child's life. Period. And those are three things that definitely resonate with most people. So find those issues that resonate with most people and then 
Start winning elections on that local level. Find find somebody who's willing to stand for those three issues, get behind them and get them elected. And it's in those local elections that you can really make sure that you have Number one, you have election integrity. So you get your poll watchers in your local elections. You start going doing an audit of your local elections. You do that on the local level, and you can ensure that you had a good, fair election. You can make sure that you get the right people on board, and you start to to push back against the tyranny that is coming from Sacramento. Because it's very unlikely that we're going to replace somebody like Gavin Newsom, but it's very likely that you can replace a local school board member. You know, especially right now, and I would say this to to encourage your audience, I would say that right now the incumbents are not going to have an easy time of winning because the incumbents are not liked. The incumbents are what have allowed these things to happen in our school over the last several decades. And, And the thing is, many people are sitting on school boards that have been there for a long time and it's it's time to replace them. So right now, if we're if we're gonna have victory. In this next year, I think it's going to be on the local level. I think it's going to be on the school boards. And I know this because last week when I was up in Sacramento, I, I got a text from a pastor friend of mine. And he said, hey, Pastor Tim, did you know that the California Teachers Association is flying people up to Sacramento to have a three-day conference about you? And I, I was like, no, are you kidding me? He goes, no, they're, they're having this conference. So I reached out to a a friend of mine that's a teacher who's in the California Teachers Association. He's remained in it. I, you know, by the way, any teachers listening, I highly recommend you just get out and defund the California Teachers Association. But he stayed in because he wants to. He wants to infiltrate. He wants to know what's going on and 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 be able to bring information to people. And I asked him, and he confirmed it. The California Teachers Association had a conference about me. They're putting my picture up, showing my videos, and they're doing this because they're scared. They said, we got to do everything we can to stop this pastor. And that they wouldn't do that if they weren't scared. They wouldn't do that if they if they thought we didn't have a chance. The fact is they know we're going to win. It's freaking them out. And what they didn't know was on that trip, there was another pastor and a group of pastors from a really large church down in San Diego County. And I was talking about what we're doing. And he goes, well, how do I do it? And I told him how to do it. And he says, we're going to copy you. And we're going to copy your vetting process because we've got a whole vetting process. We've got all I did was I picked the four school districts that surround my church. And I said, OK, I'm going to affect change in my own backyard. And we we go, OK, we got 14 open seats for those four school districts. Let's start vetting candidates. Let's get behind candidates. And I tell you what, they know we're going to win. You get 14 candidates running for 14 seats. You're going to have massive victories. And when you get majorities on school boards now you can push back and that's now's the time um you can win this is this is certainly a venue in which we can win but i would uh not i would we have somebody in, in redlands where we found it's hard to find people to actually going to do to run we found somebody's willing to run for school board but when you're running against a well-financed school uh teacher union backed candidate uh that's my you don't underestimate don't underestimate that challenge. They're, they're going to have money for mailers. They're going to, that, that will right. that will slander, demean you know you know these these right wing religious fanatics uh, that are that are uh, that are running for school board. Um, Doesn't have to be true. I mean, never mind. Uh, you know that the, the politics, truth, and politics. Uh, you know, do not necessarily go together. Uh, but. You right. can win because the districts are small enough. You know, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand people in a typically in, in a district, and then there's a lot fewer homes and actual voters within within that district. But we, the uh, slogan of our program, the the theme of our program, the most important political office is that of the private citizen, is right. is, is true. And the way to counter all their money and their propaganda and their mailers is. You get out there, the candidates and their supporters need to be knocking on the door and say, hi, I'm so-and-so right. and I'm running for school board here and I will hope I can have your support. Here's a, here's a, here's a flyer. Uh, how, what do you think about the, uh, the uh, teaching kindergartners about different, you know, they can, they can choose their gender and teaching them about different kinds of sex acts. Do you think that's a good idea? Oh, you don't. Well, you know, this what this, you know, here's here's an example of what's being taught in your government run schools locally. If you don't like that, I, I hope I can have your support. And there's you know, so you should be 
already doing that, and the same with the supporters. I'm I'm supporting you know so and so for the school board. The same, it's basically the same conversation, and that needs to be going on. And that's the way that we can counter their advantage in money. Right. Yeah, you got to have a good ground game. It's going to all be about ground game this election cycle. Especially especially in these local offices. We've got about 30 seconds here, so I'll turn it over to you and you can um whatever you want, whatever else you want to say. I would say just don't lose heart. You know, the Bible says don't grow weary in doing what is good. And to to try to flip the school boards, to try to put people in there going to stand for the, your children and your rights as a parent, that is a good thing. And we can win. Don't don't think that we can't win. If you get involved and you get engaged and you get the pastors on board and you start going door to door, I'm telling you, we are going to win. They know it. They're scared. Thank you, Tim, for being on the show and everything you're doing for the cause of the Lord and for the cause of preserving our country, freedom, and republic. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.